Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shur and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachat Eruvin Daf Pei Bet Amud Aleph, about to begin our study of the eighth parak of Eruvin Kitzad Mishtatfin. Uh, and here we are going to see how um, uh, several people together can have an Eruv Tchumin. Maniach et hachavit. One person puts a barrel down of food. Ve'omer hareza l'chol bnei iri l'chol mishielech ve'tavel ha'avel ol ve'tamishteh. I'm putting this down for everybody in my city who's going to be going to a house of mourning or to a wedding celebration. We'll see what that's about. Anybody who accepted the Eruv during the day on Friday, it's valid. If they accepted it after Shabbat started, then it doesn't work. You can't participate in an Eruv after dark. All right, a couple things to point out here. First of all, Rav Yosef, ain't Marvin el Dvar Mitzvah. You're only allowed to make an Erev Tchumin for Dvar Mitzvah, not because you want to just walk to the other town, but there's some <coughs> Mitzvah demand over there. So, Maika Mashvalan Tanina. He's not teaching us anything. The Mishnah says, So, uh, we see that it's specifically for Nichum Avilim or Simchat Chatan Machala. So maybe the Mishnah was just mentioning typical examples. So Kamash Palan, that's not typical, but the, the, that's the only things that will allow. Wait a second. If you hold the Tchumin like everybody except Rabbi Akiva, then we should have an issue of Brera here, which we already dealt with at the end of the third parak, where we said that you could have Brera. You could put an Eruv down west and one east, and on Shabbat, decide which one was your real Eruv. So here, why does everybody have to accept and agree to it on Friday? Why can't they say, okay, there's an Eruv, and Friday night decide, I don't want it, or I do want it, and it'll clarify where your residence was. Don't read in the Mishnah, but rather meaning you have to know the Eruv exists before Shabbat starts. But you can determine on Shabbat whether or not you want to use it or not. If there's a child who's even up to six years old, he is included in his mother's Eruv. So if his mother makes an Eruv Tchumin going in that direction, he automatically, that's his residence, and he goes in that direction. Watch this challenge. Without an age being given there, if he needs his mother. What's that? Only if he is dependent on his mother is he Yotze with her Eruv. The same Mishnah, same phrasing appears in the Mishnah in the second paragraph of Sukkah. Right, that if a child is independent of his mom, then he is Chayav in Sukkah. And in our discussion there, we said, What is called independent? He goes to the bathroom and his mother doesn't wipe him. He's already independent. Somebody wakes up in the middle of the night and doesn't call out Ima. Even older kids say that. To call out Ima as a name is one thing. To call it out is like a desperation. Ima, Ima, that only a little kid is. How old did we say are these two Shurim? Around four or five, but not six, which means that according to that, by the time a child is already five, uh, he may already be out of the category of Enot but certainly by the time he's six. And here, Ravasi said that he's Yotze with his mother's Eruv Ben Sheish. So I'm going to show First answer is Kikam Ravasi. What did Ravasi say 
that a child who's uh, six years old is Yotzev Erevimo, and so his father made an Erev in one direction, his mother in another direction, and the question is just which one is his. Now, even a six-year-old, would rather be with his mother than with his father, even though he doesn't really need her. Watch this challenge. So, Ad Ben Sheish. Sounds like it's against Ravasi. So first of all, Tiyuf to Rav Baridi, because Rav Baridi, who said that you're not Yotzei Ad Ben Sheish unless there's a conflict, here there's no conflict. So Tiyuf to Tiyuf to Ravasi, it sounds like it might challenge Ravasi, because he said even at six. Ravasi, Ad Ad Bechlal. No, Ad Ben Sheish doesn't mean until you reach a six, it means through the sixth year, and that's what uh, what uh, I meant when I said it. Ah, so maybe this challenge is Raviyana and Rishlokish, who said that when a katan he's chayv and sukkah, and that is either he takes care of his bathroom needs on his own, or he doesn't call ima ima. So if his father's in town, then things change. Um, so if father's in town and the the kid is going out with him. It's not called Sarichli Mo, for once he's already four or so. And the bright is talking about a case where father's not there, she's still dependent on mother. Alright. means on behalf of here. So you can make an Eruv and include your minor children or your Kanani Yavadim. Without their knowledge, consent, agreement, anything. You can't do it for your Evid Ivri or Shifcha or Ram Ivriya. Adult children, for your wife, they have to agree because they're independent. And unlike Erev Chatzerot, of course, has a negative effect, which is the other direction. So Tanya Idach, we have another bright. Same thing. All that's exactly what we saw. Because their financial status is basically his. They don't have any independence. This is the addition of a Chulan If these people made their own Eruv, and their, the master, the father, the owner, whoever it is, the husband, <coughs> made his own Eruv, they are Yotzi with their, the masters, except for the woman. So we, that sounds like adult and minor children of Adim of either stripe are all stuck with their the masters. Only one who's independent is the woman. Because she could protest. So why is she different than the adult children and the Ebedivri? Woman, a woman in that list. Woman in the last list of independence. All of those, if the master slash father slash husband <coughs> made an Eruv and they made their own, their own carries the day. So we said that the woman, if she protests, then her own Eruv works. But that's only if she protests. If she didn't protest, then she's Yotsu with her husband. But Haktani But we said that you need her consent. So which is it? What about the middle ground, which is when she doesn't consent and doesn't challenge? So my love, Damriyin, doesn't consent mean when they affirmatively say yes. Lo, my Elamidatam. Dishtikum, Natam means they're silent. So Lafuki Echadamrilo. But if they say no, then it's protest. But we said that if they if they made their own eruv and their master made an eruv and 
that the assumption there is they didn't protest. It doesn't say they protested. We said the Isha does not follow with her husband's Eruv. So the Lonavki. So you see that even Bistam, you need to actually say, I'm along with you for the Eruv. It's not enough to be silent. So I'm a Rav, and Gadol, he said, that's not true. If somebody makes an Eruv for you, and you're silent, then that means uh, you're compliance. You're going along with it. If, on the other hand, they make an Eruv, and you set up your own Eruv, there's no bigger form of protest than that. That's even better than saying, I don't want to be part of your Eruv, because I made my own in a different direction. Okay, now to Mishnah Bet. Uh, what's the amount of food needed for Eruv Tchumin? The answer is, Mazon For each participant, the food needed for two meals. What does that mean? That means a weekday meal, two of those, and not a Shabbat meal. He has the opposite. They're both looking for the smaller meal. Rabbi Meir's opinion is that weekday meals are smaller. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that since you have three meals on Shabbat, each meal is smaller. There's a shear that we're familiar with from Asachat Peah. One loaf that would cost a punyon if you were buying four sa'in for a sella. Now there's 48 punyon in a sella. So that means this is one twelfth of a se'ah, is the amount that we have here. And uh, and so that's the size of the thing. We're going to look at the math a little bit later on. But Shimon Omer, he has a different thing. It has nothing to do with the price. Two-thirds of a loaf, where three loaves are in a kav, which means it's two-ninths of a kav. Remember, the six kav in a seah. So this is uh, a little bit more than a seah. A seah and a half. Now, half of that shear... <coughs> is the shear of Achilat Pras, which is if you go into a house that has tzarat, you're tamay right away, but the clothes you are wearing are only tamay if you wait there long enough to eat Achilat Pras, which is half that size, and a quarter of this size, which is one-eighteenth, is the amount that if you eat tamay food, you eat at that amount, your body is now tamay midra banan for issues of truma at sugya we saw in the first parak of Shabbat. Okay, Kamazon Shte Sudot. So what is two meals worth? Two of the farmer's loaves. Two of the loaves that they make at Nahar Papa. Okay, which are whatever the size loaves they are. Yosef Yosef So he asked Rabba's son, how did your father hold? The answer is Kramer Sfirli, held by Kramer. And now Kramer Sfirli, and Rabbi Yosef said, I hold the same way. Rabbi Yehuda, who seems to think that weekday me- the Shabbat meals are smaller because there's three of them, is challenged by the common aphorism, there's always room for sweets. Which means that even if you eat a big meal, that you always make room for sweet stuff. So therefore, weekday meals are smaller, and he rules like Kramer. Now, that Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yochanan Brukashir are very close. Now, Midami, that's not the case. Rabbi Yochanan Kava. He has one quarter of a kav is a meal. So therefore, half a kav is this shear for Eruv, and four meals would fit into a kav. Rabbi Shimon, Tesha Sudatalakava, but he says the shear is two ninths, which means one ninth of a kav. <coughs> excuse me, is the is a shear for a meal. One quarter, one ninth are close to each other. 
Rebchista said that, remember, Rebchista Brukashir is about commerce, about how much you paid. He says a third of what you pay is actually profit for the Chenvani, which means when you're paying what essentially is 48 punyon, only 36 of them uh, are going, um, only 32 of them are going for the actual food, and 16 are going for the profit. Which means, which means now, according to Yochan Bruka, there are six meals in a kav. Uh, that's still not very close to nine. Elkidechsov also said, the Amar the, the storekeeper, the baker actually, takes a hundred percent, meaning a fifty percent of what you're paying is for his profit. So that means that according to Rabbi Yochum Bruka, there's eight meals in a kav, and according to Rabbi Shimon, there's nine. That's why we said they're near each other, not one-ninth and one-eighth. We have a problem within Rav Chista, because he said that the fellow takes a third or takes a half, which is it? So, if the balabite provides the wood that's being used to bake the bread, then the shiur is less, and if he doesn't provide the wood, then the shiur is more, and he takes 50%. Okay. Now, one-eighth of that is the shiur for tumat ochlin. Why didn't he include that? Why didn't he mention it? Because the shiur aren't really in sync. Tatanya, Kamashir Khatsi Pras, what's a Khatsi Pras? Shte Bitsim Khaserkima. Two eggs minus a smidgen. Diver Bihuda. Which means two eggs plus a little bit. Big eggs. Shiur Shiur Rebi Shte Bitsim Vod. Rebi said it's two eggs, we'll call it two point one. Kama Vod, how much that? Echad Miasrima Baitsa. Because Rebbe held that our eggs are a little bit deficient, so it should be one twentieth bigger than our eggs is what the shear is. So that's the shear of Chatzipras for Bait Menugat. What about Tumat Ochlin? It's Kabeitza, and including the, the, uh, shell. Say it's without the shell, which means we're not dealing now with a smidgen over or a smidgen under, we're dealing exactly with an egg, so therefore it's not really one-eighth, it's not working on that binary system of a half of this for this, a quarter of this for this, that works, one-eighth doesn't work. That's all then. One and a half big eggs. So pshita. The answer is sochakot atal ashvinan. It's coming to teach us that it's big eggs. He sent this message. Vishia Rebbe, he sent him, sorry, he sent Rebbe a, a vessel from this particular place. Vishia matan ushva esrei bein. And he came up with 217 eggs, um, as a se'ah. What kind of se'ah is this? Idemid barit. Now, to remember, and we're going to see this in a minute, that the measures changed. So if it's the original measure of the Midbar, the one we find in the Torah, may arbaim barbahavye. It's 144 eggs in a seyat. Vidu shalmit, where they added a sixth, then it's meyashiv It's 173. Because one-sixth of 144, add one, basically one-fifth of 144, so that you end up with five-six being the original measure and a six being the extra measure, takes you to 173. Vidu tzipurit, where they again did the same thing, matayim v'shavahavin, it's 207, not 217. The answer is the Olam de Tzipurit. We say it's the, the Sepphoris shear. 
Aiti Chalta Chalta Shadi Alayu. That uh, that they added uh, a little bit and added on it. So Chalta Kamahavin. How much is that? Tamni. There's another eight. So Akati Batzale because eight plus two seven is two fifteen, not two seventeen. So that doesn't work. I'll mean the Shir Chala. Ela Aiti Vaodot to Rebbe. Rebbe, remember, said Vaod. There's one twentieth of an egg. Shadi Alayu. So what's one twentieth? If you have 207, what's 120th of that? It's going to be <coughs> approximately um, 10 and and a bit. So it's really 217 and change. The answer is, it's less than 218 eggs. He called it 217. Okay, let's get the history of this. It's one-sixth more than the Midbarit. And I have a little chart on the handout. And that went up again. So now the new measure is a third bigger than the original. It's not true. That's not true. How much is that? One third of 144 is 48. How much is added? But the Tsiporit is really 63 more. It's more than a third more. There must be a shlish of the Yushami. That's not true. It's a fifth of the Yushami. That's, that's, uh, that's 58. Minus a little bit. Here it's 63 more. I mean, 63 more than the original measure. And the difference is more than a third between the, um, the, uh, middle measure. What's it shlish? Shivin Chichara. Right, seven sixty-nine. What it means is that the final seah that they had in Sipori, that measure, is bigger than the original Midbari by about a third of its own measure. Meaning, what's a third of the Sipori measure? And that's close to a half of the Midbarit. It's third. So Margaravina made the Karov Karov Tani, but the Bright doesn't say almost about. It's exactly. A third of the Tsipori with all of the extras of Rebbe, one twentieth per egg, tell Mechza Shobi Barich Lichu Beitzah. It's up by one third, uh, it's above a half of the Mibarit by one third of an egg. Okay, let's get to the Shirim. Tana Rabbanan, Reshita Risotechem, the Mitzvah of Chala, Kedei Arisotechem. I mean, the amount is the amount of isotechem of your dough. Chame isotechem, how much is that? Kedei isata midbar. What dough do they have in the desert? That's the man. Chame isata midbar, dikhtiv, ha'omer asirita'i fahu. It's one-tenth of an eifat. Kanamru, shiva'a rivaim kemach v'od chayavad b'chala. That's why they said seven-fourths, meaning uh, a, a, um, a kav and three-quarters is chayav and chala. That's that's six kav yushalmi. which is five tzipori, because as the measures get bigger, that amount becomes fewer measures. So we say that's the measure. The man, that's the measure that's healthy. If you eat more than that, you're kind of a chazer. Less than that, it's unhealthy. It's not enough nutrition. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the next mishnah in the next podcast. We should have a wonderful day.